You are tuned to KVMR, FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's time for the KVMR Evening News for Friday, October 30th, 2020. For their support, we'd like to thank Culligan Water, providing water treatment and delivery service to residential, office, commercial, and industrial locations while minimizing the impact on the environment for over 80 years. Information at Culligan.com. Well, coming up after a look at our local headlines and weather, we'll have NPR's national news. Then Paul Emery will report on the heritage tree controversy in Nevada City, and he'll talk with one protester who was literally up a tree. The Public News Service will have a report on Prop 21 in California, which aims to make it easier for cities and counties to pass or expand rent control. We'll have this week's edition of World Ocean Radio as they give you a blueprint for the future. And we'll close out our newscast with the Grass Valley Downtown Association report with Marnie Marshall. Coming up at 6.30 this evening, it's the California Report, and at 7 o'clock we bring you Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. I'm Felton Pruitt. Now here are today's news headlines. This morning, Nevada City Police made arrests for trespassing at the graveyard on Upper West Broad Street in Nevada City. The protesters were there to voice their opposition to PG&E's cutting of heritage trees in Nevada City. One protester remains on a platform in one of the trees. Later on in this newscast, Paul Emery will speak with some of the organizers of the protest and the one individual who is literally up a tree. This week, the Nevada County Board of Supervisors approved the purchase of the Coach and Four Motel for $1.75 million. The plan is to eventually convert the property to affordable housing. The Board of Supes approved the purchase on Tuesday. It was made possible through a nearly $3 million grant the county accepted as part of the state's Project Home Key, which set aside $800 million for local jurisdictions to buy affordable housing property. The grant includes $528,000 for operating funds over the first two years. The county will partner with AMI Housing to oversee the property, including security and on-site management. Look for more on this story on kvmr.org under the News Team Stories to hear Paul Emery's interview with Mike Dent on the purchasing of affordable housing in Nevada County. The union reports that 1849 owner Kevin Kerkorian has announced that the 1849 Brewing Company in Grass Valley would close as of today. The business has decided not to contest accusations from the Department of Alcohol Beverage Control that it ran a disorderly premise and will accept a 45-day alcohol sales suspension. Kerkorian said the business will take the next several weeks to decide on a shift into breakfast and lunch dining, though no official decision has been made. Placer County is stepping in with additional grant funding to help many businesses and their employees that are struggling due to the ongoing pandemic. The County Board of Supervisors approved an additional $5 million of coronavirus relief bill funding to help businesses hurting amid the pandemic. The money will be distributed through a new grant program. The Sierra Business Council and Foundations will look at saving jobs and preserving community staples. Nonprofit grant funds will go to programs that provide rental assistance, food, and mental health services. The county will post more about how to apply on its website. Ubinet reports that the Nevada Irrigation District is moving ahead with its work on urban water management plan and the agricultural water management plan to ensure future water deliveries to raw and treated water. The plans are prepared by California water suppliers to support long-term resource planning and ensure adequate water supplies are available to meet existing and future water demands. 
These plans are prepared every five years and submitted to the California Department of Water Resources as required in California Water Code and the Water Conservation Act of 2009. The Board of Directors approved consultant Zangero of Folsom to complete the Urban Water Management Plan and the Agricultural Water Management Plan in accordance with legislative requirements and the Department of Water Resources guidebooks. CNN reports that in the final days before the presidential election, the Supreme Court has been pelted with requests from parties in battleground states seeking last-minute approval to change election rules, especially regarding whether mail-in votes can arrive after Election Day and still be counted. The situation was complicated by the fact that emergency requests came in before and just after Justice Amy Coney Barrett took the bench. In North Carolina, ballots can arrive up to nine days after Election Day. In Pennsylvania, ballots can arrive up to three days late. And for now, in Wisconsin, the court said ballots must be in by election night. It is now clear that four conservative justices are ready to take a sharp right turn when it comes to the power of state legislatures to set the rules for elections. In addition, Chief Justice John Roberts, serving as a swing vote at times, but still worked to preserve the court's institutional legitimacy, and the liberals on the bench again expressed their fear that the pandemic could disenfranchise voters in some states. A new analysis of federal surveys on health insurance coverage concludes that the number of uninsured Americans increased by about 2.3 million people between 2016 and 2019. The analysis by researchers at Harvard Medical School and the City University of New York's Hunter College, published today in Health Affairs blog, concludes that the contraction of coverage under President Trump caused at least 3,399 and perhaps as many as 25,000 excess deaths even before the onset of COVID-19's pandemic. The Clemson Tigers starting quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who is the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy on college football's number one team and was seen likely as the top pick for the 2021 NFL Draft, has tested positive for COVID-19 and will not play in tomorrow's game against Boston College. Trevor has authorized us this evening to announce that he has tested positive for COVID-19 and is now in isolation, said Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney in a statement released yesterday. He's doing well with mild symptoms but will not be available for this week's game against Boston College. While we will certainly miss Trevor, this is an opportunity for other guys to step up. We are excited about competing against a very good BC team on Saturday. Sweeney said, go Tigers. And in the weather, Grass Valley in Nevada City, tonight mostly clear with lows in the mid-50s. On Saturday, sunny with highs in the mid-70s. Saturday night, mostly clear with lows in the mid-50s. And on Sunday, in the Grass Valley, Nevada City area, sunny with highs in the upper 70s. In Sacramento, tonight clear with lows in the mid-40s. On Saturday, sunny with highs in the low 80s. Saturday night, mostly clear with lows in the mid-40s. And on Sunday in the Sacramento area, it should be sunny with highs in the low 80s. In Truckee, tonight clear with lows in the mid-20s. On Saturday, mainly sunny with highs near 70. Saturday night clear with lows in the mid-20s. And on Sunday in the Truckee area, mainly sunny with highs in the low 70s. In Angels Camp, this evening clear skies with lows in the mid-40s. On Saturday, sunny with highs in the low 80s. Saturday night clear with lows in the upper 40s. And on Sunday in the Angels Camp region, should be plentiful sunshine with highs in the mid-80s. That's the KVMR Evening News Headlines. I'm Felton Pruitt.
Next up on the KVMR Evening News, here's National Public Radio with World Headlines. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. President Trump is making a final campaign swing through parts of the Midwest today. Speaking at a rally in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the president made a last-minute pitch to voters. We win this state. You know what? It's over. We win Wisconsin. I've treated Wisconsin very well. Four days from now, we're going to win this state, and we are going to win four more beautiful years. Trump is also scheduled to make stops tonight in Michigan and Minnesota. Meanwhile, Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden took his campaign to the key state of Iowa. Only four days left. Millions of Americans are already voting. Millions more are going to vote by late Tuesday night. And I believe when you use your power, the power of a vote, We're going to change the course of the country and, quite frankly, the world. Biden will also hold a drive-in rally in Minnesota tonight before heading to Wisconsin. The Louisville police officer who was shot during the March 13th raid that left 26-year-old Brianna Taylor dead has filed a countersuit against Taylor's boyfriend. Eleanor Klibanoff with member station WFPL reports the suit claims that Kenneth Locker committed battery, assault, and intentional emotional distress. Sergeant John Mattingly claims in a new lawsuit that Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, quote, willingly and maliciously shot at the police officers who were serving a middle-of-the-night warrant as part of a narcotics investigation. Walker has said he believed the police were intruders. He fired one shot, which allegedly struck Mattingly in the leg. The officers returned 32 shots, striking and killing Taylor. Walker has filed a lawsuit seeking compensation and immunity from prosecution under Kentucky's Stand Your Ground law. This new filing asks a judge to dismiss that suit. For NPR News, I'm Eleanor Klibanoff in Louisville. A new study has found that about half the people in a typical household with a COVID-19 case get infected as well. NPR's Richard Harris reports that's a higher rate of infection than suggested in previous studies. Researchers in Tennessee and Wisconsin followed about 200 people who lived in households with people who had been diagnosed with COVID-19. They wanted to find out how readily the disease spreads. Previous studies have suggested that 20 to 30 percent of household contacts get infected. But the new study found that about half the people in these households caught the virus. Infected children spread the disease, too. The study appears in Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Public health officials urge people who share a home with someone who has COVID-19 to wear masks, keep their distance, and quarantine themselves to the extent possible because they are at high risk of getting the disease and spreading it. Richard Harris, NPR News. On Wall Street, the Dow was down 157 points. This is NPR. A judge in Illinois says the 17-year-old accused of killing two protesters in Kenosha, Wisconsin, can be extradited across the border to stand trial. Kyle Rittenhouse allegedly shot the two men during demonstrations in Kenosha following a police shooting that left a 29-year-old black man critically injured. Rittenhouse has been held without bail in a juvenile facility since August. The former Houston Astros manager suspended after a cheating scandal is back in baseball. The Detroit Tigers have hired A.J. Hinch to manage their team. NPR's Tom Goldman reports Hinch and Houston's former general manager were banned in January for their roles in the Astros' sign-stealing scheme. 
A.J. Hinch's suspension ended after the 2020 World Series, and it didn't take long for the Tigers to pounce. Hinch says they called him about 30 minutes after the L.A. Dodgers won the title on Tuesday. Hinch acknowledges he'll have to have some tough talks with his new team about his role in the 2017 Astros scandal. It was very wrong, and I'll make sure that everybody knows that I feel responsible because I was the manager, and it was on my watch, and I'll never forget it. A baseball investigation found Hinch didn't take part in the Astros scheme to illegally use video equipment to steal opponents' signs. He was punished for knowing about it and not stopping it. Many still regard the Astros' 2017 World Series title as tainted. Tom Goldman, NPR News. All of the major indices traded lower today on Wall Street. The Dow was down 157 points. The Nasdaq fell 274. The S&P down 40. This is NPR News. Next up on the KVMR Evening News, Paul Emery was out in Nevada City this morning as PG&E showed up to cut down some heritage trees and some Nevada City protesters were there to stop them. Arrests were made. Paul Emery will talk with a lot of the folks that were there, including one man who's still sitting up in the tree. Well, this morning was the time that the Nevada City Police moved in and arrested some of the protesters in the cemetery on West Broad Street, they were there to protest the cutting down of trees by PG&E. The group contends that the tree cuttings are excessive and in some cases unnecessary. I spoke with Matt Apolsky. He is one of the organizers of the protest. Matt, it's about uh, six o'clock in the morning here. Um, What's happened up to this point? A uh, heavy police presence arrived at about 4 a.m. this morning, uh, along with PG&E and some private security for PG&E that just arrived. Uh, they've arrested three protesters so far, all of them women, two of them over 70. All three complained of rough treatment by the police as they were being arrested, um, including their arms and wrists being twisted. And uh, as of now, the... Uh, PG&E subcontractors from Mountain Enterprises are in the process of setting up a fence around the entire cemetery to keep the man on the platform isolated in his tree. Um, And we don't really know what the plan is from there. Uh, Our tree sitter currently is about 30 feet up in the tree. Um, The police had a large drone with a spotlight on them until a couple minutes ago so they've been scouting the tree by drone and uh, it all feels a little bit surreal and I have to express a great amount of surprise that the city has chosen to spend its resources to support an outside corporate entity to this extent against its citizens who are peacefully protesting and protecting healthy heritage pine trees in a historic cemetery. Were the the arrests made by um, Nevada City Police? Yes, they were. And do you know what the charges were? Uh, No, I don't. Um, I believe trespassing, but I'm not sure. I know at least one of the 
one of the three women wasn't warned at all. She had just arrived on site and was beginning to walk up, and she was immediately grabbed and started screaming immediately about the pain in her wrist and kept on screaming about how badly they were hurting her arm the entire time they were dragging her away. She was telling them that she was not resisting. She was telling them that she was coming peacefully, and she was telling them that she felt like they were breaking her wrist, and they were absolutely merciless about it. This is Lieutenant Paul Rohde with the Nevada City Police Department. Um, how many arrests have been made? We made three arrests this morning. And uh, what were the charges? Uh, at this point, it's just trespassing. Now, there is one person still up in the tree. Uh, what does it look like, uh, the process of how you're going to deal with that? Well, uh, Sergeant Mason has a rapport with the guy in the tree, and it looks as if he's uh, preparing to come down. Okay. Um, and what time did you come out here this morning? Uh, I got here about 3.30. This is audio from the actual arrest taken from a cell phone video at the scene. Later this morning, I spoke with Brandon Jonitz. He is the last person left up in the tree. I was able to talk to him via cell phone. The police moved in this morning and arrested three people, and you're still there. Uh, my goodness, uh, this right now, we're talking, it's about it's about 9 o'clock in the morning approximately. Uh, what are things like up there right now? Oh, well, I got woken up at 4 a.m. with floodlights and crews, about 20 people moving in gates. Uh, my friends getting woken up in the park who have been squatting peacefully for nearly a month, 20, 20 38 days. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a rude awakening, but now things are really nice. I'm up here in my own little world. I have everything I need, and I am, I, you know, I'm just going to stay here until I run out of water, and I'm pretty much in heaven. This is where I want to be. <laughs> well, uh, so what was it like? Have you been communicating with the police and how have they been? Uh, they did arrest three people. Uh, have they been uh, talking to you and how's, how does that working out? Oh, well, you know, as soon as I get off of the ground, I'm going to be arrested, but they're not coming up here for me. But you, uh, you have limited food and limited water, though. And there's, is there, there's no way for you to get uh, more water and more food. Yeah, this is this is it. So it's a waiting game. You know, I reckon the cops are going to get bored before I do, but they are definitely not going to run out of food before I do. So you know, we'll see how it goes. Either way, we're getting a lot of publicity for the cause. What was your inspiration uh, to do this? Wow. Okay. Well, I, I really just got swept up into this. I didn't wake up one morning and decide to be a tree sitter. Um, I, I got swept up 
and I'm in it because it's it's really needed. People need to stand up for these trees. This tree has been marked hazardous, and it is clearly not a hazard to any power lines. It's a pretty good distance away from the power lines. Um, I've, I've been up there, not up where you are, but up to the tree several times. My observation is that if it were to fall, only the top branches would actually maybe make it to the power lines. Um, but somehow this qualified it as being a dangerous tree. Do you, do you know the background on that or why they did that? Yeah, the background is just really sloppy. Someone probably assessed this tree for two minutes and then moved on to the next, marked it a hazard, and then now it's just this big trouble. They can't go backwards, and that's all we ask is this tree be taken off the hazardous list. And then I would go home. Everybody would go home. That's it. I want PG&E to take their time and be more critical and actually train their employees better because obviously to anyone, even an untrained eye, this tree is not a hazard and it is healthy. It is old. It's 160 years old, and it's in a historical landmark. Have you communicated directly with PG&E yourself? I have not, but my close cohorts have. And they they refuse to reconsider their position. Well, there's a really nice quote from, uh, uh, what's her name, something Drummond. She said that, this is paraphrase, that Making a compromise here would set a terrible precedent in California. So they are refusing to compromise, and that's why I'm here in this tree. Because all we ask is a compromise. You know, they cut down 250 trees. We're trying to save 16. This is the last one. So um, are you warm up there? I mean, it was a pretty cold night last night. Oh, yeah. I was warm until the cops woke me up and I had to get out of my sleeping bag at 4 a.m. How did they wake you up? What was it like about well, their first uh, their, their first approach uh, to uh, letting you know they're there? Well, uh, I'm a pretty deep sleeper. It took a generator and about 20 people already on the site for me to for me to wake up. It's quite a scene out there. For anybody that goes up there, uh, you can't get around the tree anymore because it's all it's all fenced. Um, yes, and, it's, it's and, and there's police around, and they're you know they're not going to let anybody anybody get get up there. Uh, how many nights have you spent um, up there? About oh gosh, this is my sixth night. You know, we've been taking turns. We've been occupying this tree for about two weeks, and uh, I just I got the I was the lucky guy. You know, we're all taking turns. If someone slept here last night. I was here the night before. But hey, today's my day. So really the determining factor then, uh, you think that they're not going to bring in a, a crane or a device and try to extract you with that, but they're just going to kind of wait it out until until you're dying of starvation <laughs> or thirst. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, bringing in a crane would be far too hazardous. Bringing up a police officer this high would be far too hazardous. So, uh, yep, they're... They're going to wait me out, but I am happy. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Well, okay. Uh, and you have um, obviously really good ways of communicating with the outer world as long as your batteries are good on your cell phone. Oh, you know, we, we got a solar charger, so that's how I am uh, talking to you now. I understand they've been flying some drones up there. Well, yeah, that drone, according to them, was to see if anyone else was in the tree because 
there is a second bunk that I made the other day. Yeah. Which is about 85 feet off the ground. You know, one of the best things about this experience is seeing the way that the community has really rallied. You know, I am fortunate enough to have a flexible job and very few responsibilities that I can put myself through this. Although there are many, many people in the community who wish they would be here, who want to be there and have been so generous with their support, food, money, donations, love. That's the biggest thing. People are coming together to save this tree. You know, we're all sailing this ship. I just happen to be on the crow's nest. I'll tell our listeners I'm speaking with Brandon Jonitz. He is up in the sky in this tree that has gotten so much publicity um, in Nevada City on on West Broad Street in part in the cemetery. Uh, as of right now, three people have been arrested for trespassing. They weren't in the tree at the time, and uh, he's the last one left. And uh, you're going to be there for a while. This is true. I'll be here for a while. Got water to last me. Yeah, police are looking bored. They're just chatting. Got everything I need to stay happy. Thank you so much, Paul, for being on top of this. Thanks to KVMR Radio for for being of service to the community. Yes, this is what you're good at. So, hey. Thanks for talking with KVMR Radio. Thanks a lot, Paul. I'm Paul Emery for KVMR Radio. You are tuned to the KVMR Evening News. Next up, the Public News Service reports on groups that advocate for renters that are hoping Californians will vote on Tuesday to make it easier for cities and counties to pass or expand rent control. Groups that advocate for renters are hoping Californians will vote on Tuesday to make it easier for cities and counties to pass or expand rent control. Proposition 21 would allow rent control for properties built before 2005, lifting restrictions that were put in place by the Costa-Hawkins Rental Housing Act of 1995. Renee Moya, director of the Yes on Prop 21 campaign, says even before COVID, unaffordable rents meant too many families, particularly people of color, were being evicted. Something like half a million renters and their families are being pushed out of their homes every single year. The COVID-19 pandemic has, of course, only made that worse. Opponents, including the California Association of Realtors, say more rent control could backfire, prompting landlords to exit the market, shrinking the housing stock even further. Governor Gavin Newsom opposes Prop 21, saying a 2019 law that requires just cause for evictions and caps rent increases should be given more time to work. Supporters say that the law will keep more working-class families in their homes and stem the tide of homelessness. Prop 21 would also allow cities to pass rent control ordinances to cover single-family homes. And Moya notes it exempts most small landlords. It threads the needle between protecting those renters who live in single-family homes while ensuring if you own up to two single-family homes, you will not be affected by Prop 21 at all. He adds Proposition 21 also attempts to stop runaway rental amounts by limiting increases to 15% for the first three years when a new tenant moves in. For Public News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. It's time for the Grass Valley Downtown Association report with Marnie Marshall. Marnie, what's happening in Grass Valley this weekend? We have some fun 
Halloween decorations. It's pretty amazing. You should come down to Mill and Main Street, and you can take pictures with werewolves and aliens and skeletons. The Downtown Association is running a skeleton scavenger hunt. So it is for you to post on social media how many skeletons you think there are in downtown Grass Valley and post a picture, and then you'll be entered in to win a raffle prize. And if you're not on social media, you can just email me at info at downtown Grass Valley. Now tonight on Friday at Body Balance Academy is also Dow J Cafe, and they're doing a pop-up poke restaurant and a kung fu Halloween class demonstration starting at 5.30, and that's on 151 Mill Street right next to Ashley Furniture. Native Wren has a fun shop and costume contest. You go there and you get a card and she'll give you a list of other merchants to visit. We'll judge and mark down that you visited and then you get entered in to win a raffle prize. And there are lots of other fun things to do. You can visit our art and storefronts gallery and all of that information is available on our website. A link to the Delaro Halloween movies and there's a lot of other little things on there but just be sure to visit our website. And if you have any questions, call us in the office at 530-272-8315 and visit downtowngrassvalley.com. Tonight is the last night to judge the windows of your merchants in downtown Grass Valley and Nevada City. And that is um, a fun prize for merchants and a fun way to see all of your downtown. All right. Well, thanks a lot. That's the Grass Valley Downtown Association Report with Marnie Marshall. Well, that's going to do it for our newscast for this evening. The KVMR Evening News is produced by Paul Emery Audio. For their support, we'd like to thank Four Paws Animal Clinic, providing medical, dental, surgical services, alternative therapies, and cat boarding for cherished companions on Cyril's Avenue, Nevada City. Dr. Susan Murphy and staff proudly support KVMR. F-O-U-R-PawsAC.com. Well, coming up next, it's the California Report, and at 7 p.m. we bring you Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. I'm Felton Pruitt. Hope you have a safe and fine weekend.